What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Successes Within Reach podcast, season three, episode 25. Questions from the audience, part nine. And as always, when we do these episodes, I got my partner crying with me, Mr. Corey Sigu. What's going on, brother? Oh, man, nothing much. Um, interesting convo about what happens going on, like behind the scenes of this stuff, man. Uh, interesting convos. But I will tell you this. Reading some of the things you put on that fly today, because I don't know if y'all know, but I don't get to know what these questions are ahead of time. But reading some of the stuff you had in there, I was like, oh, we about to have fun today. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Like we, we got holiday questions. We got relationship questions. We got family questions. We got a little bit of everything in here. Uh, so we definitely go get into it. Have a good show, as we always do. Answering questions from our SRWR community. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody, as always, you can join the conversation, plug in your questions and comments. We'll get them live on the air at www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. One more time, that's www.facebook.com slash SIWR podcast. All right, so let's get into it. So this first one comes from Cherie. Uh, Cherie says, this is my first full year as a salon owner. And I'm all over the place. What steps should I be taking to close this year out for my business? I know about all of the accounting components, but what else should I focus on? Well, um, I left that wide open, I guess, huh? <laughs> what uh what direction do I want to take it? Uh so I guess you talk you talked about your financials. Um, I think, well, look, because I'm gonna leave the master the closing closing stuff out to y'all real quick, but I I think we need to we need to think about this right and it's something that you posed to us in a, in a chat that we have shannon is are you have you met your goal are you like what is it that you were trying to reach um and what are you going to do to get there basically right so like we have a few weeks of the year left um but even going into next year i mean you can't just say hey january 1st i'm about to turn it up a notch and then we're gonna like do these things like what do you have in place already so i would ask the question of do you have do you have a plan for 1Q, 2Q, 3Q, 4Q already mapped out? Do we have that? Um, the second part is, okay, so first quarter, you're about to have to capitalize on that. What do you already have there? And then reflect back onto your business to say, okay, what did we do well? What did we not do very well, right? Um, did I not acquire as many customers as I, as I needed to? Um, do I need to add particular pieces to my business? Um, and you said she has a hair salon? Mm -hmm. yeah do i have to add particular pieces to my business like what what are some of the things that the customers have given me what are the reviews looking like um i think those are the things looking forward and in, coming into the next year you'll close out and then be able to hit the ground running next year 
Uh, but I, I really think for that one, I would have liked a little bit more direction on how to, how you're looking to close the year out and what aspect to it. But I, I'd want to say that, like wrap it up and then figure out what are we doing going into the next year? Because honestly, if you don't know what you're doing yet, you're kind of failing right now. Um, mm-hmm. People really use 4Q. And I know some people who use 3Q to already know what's about to happen next year. They already submitted that already. Yeah. No doubt. I was just saying I'm I'm one of those people. I start in Q3 for the for the church, next church year. Ain't up for y'all. <laughs> All right. So Sheree, a couple of different things here. <clears throat> so you said you already got the accounting uh components of closing out your business for this year. Um, I wish you would have given me some details so I can make sure that you have all of the components, but you say you got it. So cool. Um, and closing out your business, you want to focus on a few different things. Number one, what went well this year? Number two, what didn't go well? And then who's, I don't want to say whose fault it is, but what was the basis for what didn't go right? Were your sales not right because of logistics? Were your sales not right because you had bad product come in? Were your sales not right because um, you don't have a lot of foot traffic in your area and appointments weren't jumping? Um, You know, was it because you had to get rid of three or four staff? You know, so look at what went right. Make a list of all of those things and make sure you continue doing those, of course. But the most important thing you do in closing out your year is looking at everything that went wrong every single month whether it was sales whether it was employees whether it was customer reviews whether it was the lights your dryers your curlers your whatever equipment that you use in your salon um look go you know down the list and month by month what didn't go right and then figure out what was the basis for why it didn't go right and then is it something you can resolve a or b is it something you need to scrap all together because that's that's two different conversations because and the way i'm mapping this out for you it's almost going to look like one of those ncaa uh march madness brackets <laughs> because you're going to start with what went wrong and then draw your brackets is it something that was because of me something because of my staff or something because of something uh logistics or equipment and then you're going to draw another bracket if it was because of me did I get the proper training, resources, knowledge, education to be a better CEO or, or better salon owner? B, if not, where do I need to go? If it was your staff, do I need to give them more training? Is it something that I needed to let somebody go? Um, if it was your equipment or logistics, same thing. Is it a particular vendor that I need to stop buying from? Is it particular products that don't work for the demographic of clients that we have? Um, and you go on from there and you do that for each month. And at the end of the month, you'd be surprised at what you have in front of you. You'll have a whole class <laughs> worth of material for having a, at that end of the year powwow with your staff, which I hope you are having. That's something else you need to be doing, saying uh, closing out the year for your business. You need to be having a meeting and your end of the year meeting needs to be raw. Anybody that has a business. I am telling you, your end of the year meeting is not time for the festivities and mistletoe and eggnog and all of this stuff. Let your step be very transparent. Let them know everything they succeeded in, everything that you succeeded in, everything that they came up subpar and everything that you came up subpar. And then you tell them your thoughts on how you can make things better as a as the boss 
and then how you think they can make things better as a staff. You allow them to share with you things that they think you could do better to be a better boss or owner, and then allow them to have some self-accountability and tell you the steps they're going to take to be better employees on their end as well. Put all of that together, boom, first of the year, y'all can hit the ground running. Everybody's on the same sheet of music. Everybody's been held accountable. Everybody knows what they need to do. Um, in terms of uh, sales and whatnot, I mean, it's up to you whether you want to run holiday specials or not. Some people do, some people don't. Me personally, I have always said, and Corey can attest to this because I, I just put it on social media not long ago. I feel like holiday sales are for products and not services. I have always felt like that, and I've said that for years. Reason being, products actually cost you money while they sit on your shelf, while they sit in your basement, while they sit in your warehouse, while they sit in your storage unit. Services, there's no discount on that because you cannot discount your time. When you provide a service, people are paying for the time that it took you to learn that particular skill. Nobody can pay you back for that. Nobody can, can so you know that you can't put a discount on that. If you're saying you're a salon owner and a person is coming in there wanting a $400 hairstyle, $200 hairstyle for some holiday ball, they're not just paying you for the the one or two hours it's going to take you to do that that hairstyle, or maybe even longer than that. They're paying you for the time that it took to learn how to, to get the right um, shampoo, conditioner styling products whatever how to curl it how to twist this how to twist that and all of this good stuff so i feel like it shouldn't be but like i said you're dealing with something that's more um based in having clients come in where you may have walk-ins as well as appointments so you know if you want to run a holiday special cool um like i said but for me i feel like Sales, you know, when it comes to holidays, are more for products and not services. You have anything you want to add on that? No, nah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with, um, especially with the services. You see a lot of people, and I, I've been seeing some ninety five percent off, ninety one percent off, whatever. I I, I do want to just pose to you, like as you close your business out, don't devalue your business at the end of the year because people will continue to wait for that. I do the same thing. Yeah. I literally waited for, cause I know there's going to be black Friday specials. I know there's going to be Christmas specials. I know there's going to be July 4th special and I'm not buying nothing in particular until those times. So don't devalue your business at the end of the year. Cause I see a lot of people out there whose sales are, uh, 90, somebody had 91% off. How do we come up with that number? uh 75 percent off so the the real question that is if you're going to provide the same level of something why are you discounting it at, at that price because what you're kind of telling folks is is that that is the normal price that you're okay operating as uh and mm -hmm. or you might be desperate yeah and you know you kind of set yourself up when you do that so say you have a 300 uh package for your business and then you're telling people, oh, well, it's Christmas or, oh, well, it was Black Friday, so it's only going to be $50. It's going to be very, very hard for you to get them to go back to that original price point because they're going to feel like either A, like Corey said, you're desperate. Sales must not be good. Clients aren't good. Business isn't good. Or they're going to feel like you've been overcharging them this whole time and you've been ripping them off. So, like I said, if it's a product, it's actually depreciating just sitting yeah. around. 
you need to move. But if it's a service and you know you have a, a realistic price point, you need to stick to that. Now, I mean, sure, it's holidays. If you want to say, hey, adults pay full price. And if you bring your child with you and do a double appointment, give them yeah. something off. You know, I could see that. But you got people coming in here for three, four, five hundred dollar packages. <laughs> you need to get compensated for your right. time. <laughs> right. And think about your other clients that's paying that, too, though. Think about your other clients. Yeah. Is that fair to them? You know? Yeah. And another, and one last thing, too. You don't want to get sale heavy at the end of the year because you never know how your first quarter is going to start out. You know, we're talking about the winter time. It could be a whole lot of snow in your particular area. Not sure exactly where you're located, but you want to finish out the year as strong as possible so that if you've already met your financial goals and now you're working on a cushion because you never know what January is going to bring. So you don't want to just say, oh, well, I've met my goals. I'm cool. Everything's 75 percent off. And now come January, God forbid there's a fire, a flood, a blizzard, anything. And now you starting off in the red. That's not a good look. But if you had kept kept everything going strong after you hit your, your goals for the end of Q4, you can be like, hey, well, I already got an extra 100, 200,000. So, I'm, you know, January is not hurting me as much as it could be right now. Mm-hmm. And y'all can kind of pivot and strategize as whatever the event is to happen, um, you know, as, as you transition through that. All right. Next up, we have Gabriel. <laughs> and Cora, I'm gonna let you start on this oh. one. This is funny. Uh Gabriel says, This is my first Christmas being in a relationship in a long time, which means this will be my first Christmas with both families together. He said, I'm super anxious that this isn't going to go as well as her family is high society and my family is very blue collar where everyone works. Any tips on how we can make sure this is a Merry Christmas and not a Merry Nightmare? He put in parentheses, I'm so hoping it snows that we have to cancel dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so I ain't gonna lie, I've been there. I've been there before. I've been there before. Um what a what a family is because I come from I come from blue collar. We work, we we do regular things, we cook regular food, we come together as a family. That's the really good time. You know, then you get around some of these families that's like it's just like a, a like a like a pony show. It's just like, hey, look at the outfit I have on, and and the whole conversation is. So, what have you been doing this year? Oh, that's it. Like, oh, what kind yeah. of bag is that? Like, oh, that you showed up, you showed up with that bag last. Like, I'm not I'm not about that. So here's what I'm gonna say. You have to be comfortable with you, and you gotta be comfortable with that woman that you with or that man that you with, whatever. Like, you have to be comfortable with you because you are gonna get around these people. And they're going to be high society. And what are these things you're doing? And, oh, is that all you're doing? And I golfed with my, you know, Senate friend the other day and all that. And that's, it's like, that's cool. But the thing for me is, is like, like you have some things that these people don't have, right? You have some character. You got some integrity. You got some stuff inside of you that they don't have. You got a personality they don't have. But it's like they just can't see it. So, Sometimes you just got to sit back and be like, yo, this is me. Y'all going to have to accept that because guess what I got over here, right? But I, I I think what you really have to do is assert who you are, right? And and that doesn't mean you have to play the BS because, like, for me, I'm not one of those people who 
you're going to question me a thousand times. You're going to try to check me. You're going to try to make me seem like I'm less than or whatever. Cause I'm a, I'm a spit it back to you. Now, if you really want to be a menace, I'm just saying somebody test you, you're going to be like, babe, we got to go home. Cause <laughs> somebody about to get slapped up over here. That could be your quick way to go home. I'm not saying assault nobody that never hit the internet. Right. Obviously it's being recorded right now. However, um, so that's your way out. Just tell them, just tell them Corey, Corey gave you the keys. That way you can dip out early. Um, but no, so that's the thing. It's all about being yourself because I, I, and again, I've been in that situation where everybody has all these things and they're big time lawyers and doctors and all that stuff. And they're driving fancy cars and I pull up in the old beat over here or whatever. And I'm sitting here like, that's cool. Cause great. You got that. Now here's a, here's a question for you though, as the family. Can you help me get there then? Because if you're not trying to help me get there, I'm not really trying to, I'm not really trying to have that discussion with you as far as what you have, or you trying to downplay what I have or, or the stuff that I don't, that I don't do that you do. Hey, if we're not talking about how you can help me get there, I'm not sure what we're talking about. Simple yeah. as that. And then I'm gonna move on. Now on the flip side though, Shannon, I'm gonna tell you this. I have been to where, because I have, I have dated girls that, like they come to my family and we're not like highfalutin or nothing like that and have all these things. And it's even like for her in this same particular situation, it's like getting her to understand that this is what family is, right? Like this is what bonding is. This is what, and I use that as like a learning opportunity. This is what cherishing time and cherishing people is not for the things that they have, but the things that they can bring to the table as far as the conversation the care for you, like the love for you, the the wisdom, the wisdom your old drunk uncle may drop, you know, in the back, and he just dropped the jam, and you like, but you don't live it. But I'm gonna follow that. That was good. You know, it's a time where you can really meld the two together, because I yeah. so, and I'll say this: a really dangerous person, and this is speaking for yourself, because I I believe they said that they were the ones coming from the blue collar family. Yeah, yeah, a very dangerous person is someone who has the survival mode meaning the blue collar work mentality and and the well-off society mode where they've been exposed to some things and they can see what you can really obtain that's a very dangerous person i'm just i'm just saying oh boy so gabriel you know i i wholeheartedly agree with everything core said man you know number one you got to be you I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how many contacts they have. I don't care how many designer, whatever they got. They don't have what you have. Every single person walking this earth was born with something special inside of them. Straight up. We all got gifts. We all got talents. We all got skill sets. And nobody and no amount of money can teach you how to do you. You know, the person that you're with is with you because of you. Yeah, they may have come from a high society family, as you put it, but they're in a relationship with somebody that's absolutely nothing like their family. That's what you need to focus on. Focus on the one you're with. You're not dating the family. You're dating the person that you're with. You know, take refuge in that. Take joy in that. And don't allow anybody else to ruin your holiday, bro. Especially if this dinner is at y'all's crib. You don't let nobody, I don't care what the family member is, come and be disrespectful in your house. You know, I know y'all 
you didn't say your wife so or, or husband so y'all not married yet but even still if this christmas dinner especially is in your house no we not we're not having that you have to let them know that is your crib you will not be disrespected your significant other won't be disrespected and anybody don't like that can hit the bricks and it's straight like that if y'all going to dinner at somebody else's house where these families are blending hey just keep an eye on it work the room do it like you had a networking event go and work you know go in a room for a couple minutes check the vibe go in another room check the vibe but y'all make sure everybody's good to go because for the fact that y'all are having both families together tells me that this relationship obviously is going somewhere and you don't want something like a, a christmas dinner and differences in backgrounds to bring any type of turmoil into that but if it does it is what it is like I said, focus on the person that you're with. Sometimes I think we put too much emphasis on the family and take the emphasis off of the relationship. Of course, we all want our significant others, parents, siblings, or what have you to like us and, and to vibe with us and what for, you know, whatnot. But it doesn't always happen like that for everyone. But you have to make a decision whether you're staying in it for the person you're with or whether you want to bounce because you feel like you don't fit in. And if it's the second one, then I got to ask you why you're in a relationship to start with. Yeah. No, and I, I'll say this though, Shannon, to your point of too many people focus on those outside factors where it's like, well, the family don't like this. The family don't get along. The family think about me this particular way. So number one, y'all together, right? Facts. You just have, you have to respect me first before you like me. Um, mm -hmm. respect will lead to like I will say that so the thing is it's like if if y'all not vibing together in the house then you and your partner should know like hey let's bounce we're not having fun over here because it's uncomfortable and that's at either household right the other part too is all these people are going to talk about what you should be doing what y'all should be doing what y'all should be having all that stuff because I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening to this right now if you're in a relationship if you don't already, if you're not married already, it's going to be so when you get married, when you get married, how when y'all get married? Oh, y'all ain't married yet. When you get married, ain't not one of them going to put up some money to put toward that wedding. At Guarantee all. Not one of them <laughs> going to put money toward the wedding. And then it's going to yeah. be, well, when you're having kids, where the kids at? Y'all going to have some kids, especially the parents. Where the mom and grandbabies at? Where you going to have some grandbabies? Not one of them family members, maybe some of them, maybe your mama, somebody like that might take care of but for the most part they're gonna be ghosts when you have that child they're gonna say why do you drive this car oh it's not a maserati oh it's not a benz oh it's not an escalate all this other stuff well you gonna pay for this exactly. because i'm living within my means right now so don't listen to these people when it comes to the fact of like what they're saying because it, people are always going to push you toward the dreams that they have but then when it's time to actually execute the dream not there are ghosts is nothing's gonna happen from it no help's gonna come from that yeah no doubt I, I couldn't agree more with you on that one man all right this next one <laughs> oh boy yeah y'all y'all send in some questions for this week man Facts. all right so <laughs> so matthew we're gonna try to help you out matthew um, and I, I can personally help you out on this one, Matthew. He says, I think I'm ready to take the next step and pop the big question. Mm. 
He says, any advice on how to find the right ring? He said, I've been in a few stores and I get nervous because there's so many options and I don't want to get this wrong. Plus, the salespeople look at you funny if you aren't looking at the top dollar rings. He said, help me out here. She means everything and I want to get her the best for Christmas. Man, so, well, I know and I know you're going to be able to answer this better than I am. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to say. Same principle, right? Different process. What does mm -hmm. your girl like? What conversations have y'all had? Has she sent you anything that you like? Have you maybe hit somebody up closer to her to understand what design she likes? Because some people will say, I want to get her this big bad ring that's about this big. And then she's going to see it and be like, I'm about to get robbed. Well, I'm aware of that. <laughs> some people may get the little bitty ring because they like, you know what? My girl's humble and she don't need a big old ring and all that other stuff. And then it's like, the, you know, the price is right losing music. You put that right on her ring and it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's a failure. So get get in, in touch with what she likes. Like get to understand what it is that she wants on her finger, right? Like it's different for everybody. So we can't tell you what the right ring is. Now, when it comes to those salespeople, salespeople are salespeople. Of course, they're trying mm -hmm. to sell you the big old ring. There's all these different formulas out here. You got a, a third of your salary should be the ring and all that other stuff. And, you know, if you make X amount a month, then you should be able to put that toward the ring. Bump all that, right? Uh, facts. You should take just take a shopping for rings and just be like, you know what? If I did, what would you pick? But then, but here's my thing. You got to live within your means, right? We have a lifetime yeah. and I don't know, I don't know your girl like that. So she, you know, I know some women are like, you better come with it that first time. Some women are like, hey, we good where we at. You know, <laughs> you have the, you again, you got to understand who you have. Because yeah. if you, if you're with one of these women who's like, when I know my man is going to pop this question, he better come out with a 72 carat you know, diamond encrusted ring with the jewels on the side and the dangly Pandora box that comes off the thing. That's what you that's what you got to you got to shoot for, because, you know, that's what she wants. Right now, if y'all have a conversation and you're like, hey, I really can't afford such things, then maybe y'all can compromise on it. But again, if she's like, I don't want that big thing on my ring, you know, my finger, I don't want all that going on. Hey, maybe you get her something smaller. I think this question is 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 mighty geared towards what does your woman want? And I don't want you to complicate what she wants by not trying to figure out what she wants. And then you try to tell her what she wants, basically, by buying a ring that she don't want. Matthew, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this as simple as I can for you. <clears throat> Take it from somebody who was who married and just did this not too long ago. Ask your woman what she wants. Thanks. In the show. I, I just I just solved your whole problem. Just ask her what she wants. Every woman walking the face of this earth knows the type of jewelry that they wish to have on their finger when they get married. It's nothing hard about it. Just ask her. I know sometimes as men, we want to have the element of surprise. She had no clue it was coming, this, that, and the third. But you could pose it like Cora was just saying a minute ago. You know, y'all sitting there kicking and watching TV, a commercial come on. Like, hmm, would you like a ring? 
kind of like that. Would you wear something like that? That looks kind of big or that looks kind of small. Is that around something that you will wear one day? She'll tell you. Like, I, I promise you. <laughs> Y'all watching that Jerry's, that Hellsburg, Cave, whatever commercial. She She's going to tell you. Uh, nah, fam. That's, that's not me. Like, nah, that's gaudy or no, that's too mm-hmm. small. Or yes, that's the right size. I always like this, that, and the third. Because, fellas, let's keep it a buck. We don't know about cluster pear shape heart leo diamond we don't know about none of this stuff but i promise you matthew when you ask her she is going to give you the whole rundown <laughs> like she's gonna tell you exactly what she wants you know what i mean um we got see <laughs> the ladies <laughs> are talking i'm just saying you know what i mean like my, my wife and my sister popped up all here like they're, they're telling you ladies will tell you what they want you can ask her and she doesn't have to think just because you're asking her, you're about to ask, pop the question that day. So it's cool. Ask her, go check your budget. See if the ring she wants is within your budget. If not, see if you need to make a few payments. My hope is Matthew, you've already been saving up because it seems like you really love this woman and you were already thinking about proposing. So I hope you already got the bread sashed to the side. Because these people in the stores will get you with all kind of programs and craziness. Next thing you know, a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar ring turn into a million dollar ring. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do all that, you know what I mean? Because one thing you have to remember, and I tell this to any dude that's ever asked me about a ring: get your woman something that's within your budget, or something that you can afford to pay off within a year. Why? Because married, the the wedding, the reception, all of this stuff is cool and it's a fantasy and it's a great time. But your damn bills are still going to be in that mailbox come Monday when the mailman come around. You do not want to have a bad woman with a bad ring on her finger. And now y'all going house hunting because you got kicked out because you spent all your money on the ring. You don't want to be like the episode of Martin where he got to take the ring back from his lady to go pawn it because he can't pay his bills. You don't want to be that dude. You know, if she asking for a thirty thousand dollar ring, if you don't have thirty thousand, tell her, baby. Hey, maybe you can do that in the five or, or the ten year. <laughs> but let's scale it back a little bit. She will understand. Then for you to just go and pop up with something, she need binoculars to, to see it or a microscope to see it or a magnifying glass or something. She brought out the monocle for the thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah, just ask her, man. Just ask yeah. her. She will let you know. I guarantee you, she already got the size, the carrot, the type of uh whether it's yellow, gold, white, gold, platinum. I guarantee you, she already knows all them answers. Just ask her, Matthew. Yeah. Hey, and uh, check this before we move to the next question. Even if you're not direct like that, if that commercial come on, be like, man, that look like a nice ring. She gonna tell you. She mm. gonna she gonna tell you, oh no, that's not that's not what I want. That's not uh or or man, it's kind of similar, but then she's gonna be like, but let me show you what I really want. And then she's gonna start <laughs> exactly saying, I right. guarantee you, if y'all both have Instagram, you're gonna get about 10 Instagram posts about yeah, see, this is what I was talking about. You have your answer. There's there's more than one way to skin a cat. Peter don't yeah. get me for that. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want the problems with them. Nah, don't want zero, <laughs> zero problems, big fella. Oh man. 
All right. So the next question comes from Jordan. Uh, Jordan says, do you guys have a top 10 list of books to start off the new year? I'm looking to boost my personal development list and I need some new books to read. Um, Jordan, you are not alone. I have actually gotten 14 questions <laughs> within the last three weeks of people asking about reading lists. Um, do you know who has a good reading list? Do you all have a good reading list? Are you going to post one on the page or whatever? So Corey and I are both going to give you five and that'll make up our top 10 uh, list of books for you to start the new year off with. And Corey, you can go ahead. Yeah. So I'm going to start with this one. Right. And I, y'all going to see me look down because my memory is not all good. I'm old. I'm just saying, <laughs> um, I mean, well, though. So my first one, good to great. Um, I try to not do the cliche books sometimes. And I'm gonna tell you this, Shannon, I tried not to do the cliche ones like the think and grow rich and stuff like that. And I say cliche because a lot of people, that's what they start off with. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell y'all this first one. Good to great author is Jim Collins. And I'm gonna tell you why too, because this particular book put me in the mind frame of when you start to do something, continue to do that. And that's how great companies become what they are. It has countless, you know, scenarios where CEOs took over these companies. They had a light bulb plant and then it turns into a paper plant and then the company stock goes downhill. Um, they have uh, I believe they talk about Eckerd's. If you all remember what that what that was, um, the Eckerd's tries to do this. Boom, they go out of business. They talk about all these different scenarios as far as when a company kept doing what they were doing. This is what it is. And they even tell a story in there. And uh, uh, the way I, it, it, it's something in, re, in regards to like the, the fox and the porcupine, basically. And it's to sum it up for y'all, the porcupine keeps going straight. It's kind of slow. It is what it is or whatever. And the fox tries to attack it every single time. Every time the fox attacks, he curls up into a ball. Spines come out. Good to go. Right. Keeps moving. Keeps moving. Keeps moving. Fox tries to attack again. Curls up fox has to go somewhere else the the moral of what that was though is when you continuously go down the path that you're trying to get to and you don't try to be the fox where you see the thing and you're like "Ooh, i'm gonna attack now and then you you run off and do something else and come back and be like "Ooh, that's the thing i wanted i'm attack and you never get the thing that you were trying to attack but you could be the porcupine and continue to get the thing that you were actually moving towards um number two uh this one's slightly cliche but I think it's very big on everybody's list is how to win friends and influence people. Um, mm. Dale Carnegie. Uh, I love that book simply because it teaches you the number one thing people want in this world is to feel important. If you get nothing from this book is to understand that other people's goal is to feel important. Here's what I'm saying though. When I'm developing leaders, when I'm developing teams, when I'm looking at organizations, I think to myself, and it's a conversation I just had today with a group of supervisors who said, I feel defeated. I feel like my morale is down. I feel like I'm not being heard. What does that really mean? When I go into situations, when I go into different things, when I get feedback, I don't feel important. I feel like the things that I'm saying aren't being heard. I feel like I'm being devalued. I feel like I am less than who I am. When you see people act out, it just in general, why? Because, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing over here. When you see people catch attitudes, when you see people 
do certain things, it's because they want to feel valued. Now, there's a bunch of other gems inside of that book, but I guarantee you, if there's nothing else you get from it, it's that. Number three, Never Split the Difference um, by Chris Voss. In this particular book, if you don't understand how to negotiate, there's definitely a bunch of tactics and tips inside of this book that will teach you how to effectively negotiate. A lot of people think negotiating is, well, this is what I want and you're going to give it to me. That's not negotiating. You're, what you're going to do is build up a wall in front of you and you're not going to get to the root of very many things. In this particular book, it teaches you how to get what you want, basically. I actually used it and I was reading it when I bought my truck a while back. And I, I basically used the tips that was in there and the lady kept, well, I can give it to you for this price. Well, I can give it to you for that price. And even when she tries to counter me with certain things, I'm like, mm, well, how do you expect me to do that? And I'm presenting the questions and I'm using the tips and everything. I end up getting it for super cheap because it's damn near the same price right now than it was when I bought it. Um, so I definitely won on that one. But the thing is, is you also understand that everything is a negotiation. If you have kids, that's a negotiation. If you have a spouse, that's a negotiation. When you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to hit that snooze button. Or I'm going to get up in the morning. That is a negotiation. Your salary is a negotiation. What you decide to eat for lunch is a negotiation. And you can use those items to kind of guide you down that path. Uh, so number four, I think it's very big for leadership is extreme ownership. Really, I think it's just people in general. Short and sweet in this book, it just really talks about owning you. Everything that you do, own it. Everything that you handle, own it. Like there are very seldom situations, and he even talks about it in that book. The guy's name is Jocko Willing, who wrote it. There are very seldom times where it's going to be, well, it's because of this person, it's because of that, right? And it even talks about how there are certain things that you can't control. And to Shannon, you mentioned this earlier, you have to look at yourself and say, based on this outcome, what could I have done to push that further? Even though I couldn't mm -hmm. control some of it, what could I have done to control some of that stuff? The next one, and this is my last one, and I'm y'all know I'm very big leadership development, employee development, culture, you know, building high performing teams, the culture code by Daniel Coyle. It's a very simple book. It's not deep, it's not mind blowing, but it very much shows you how very high performing people, for example, they use Greg Popovich, who used to be the head coach of the Spurs. Um in the book and it talks about how when they lost and for my basketball fans i hit on rip me but from what i remember from it when they lost uh, a playoff game i believe it might have been the finals against the miami heat what greg popovich did after that and how his people gave testimonies as far as this is the team culture my leader cares about me this is how he's showing that he cares about me it's not just words and it's showing you different scenarios about how really high level people snapped into action and built a culture around what they were doing. And and I say this because a lot of people think the higher that you get, the less control you have over the culture that you that you're building. And that's untrue because there's a lot of scenarios in there where people at the top of the mountain have influenced and built a culture that really took NBA teams, NFL teams, businesses all to the highest mountain. No doubt. Oh, uh, we just got a, a comment say, can you repeat the titles uh one more time? Yeah, five so number titles. one, number one was good to great. 
Number two was how to win friends and influence people. Number three, never split the difference. Number four, extreme ownership. And number five is the culture code. All right, all right. You know, it was it was uh, funny when I, I looked at this. I said, watch we end up having the same books on our list. But to my surprise, we didn't. So that's a good thing. <laughs> all right. First up, and I actually got mine here with me. So first up, you got the Self-Aware Leader by John C. Maxwell, which we know is like the godfather of leadership mm -hmm. development and all of that good stuff. And um, the Self-Aware Leader is pretty much um, a book about telling people that, number one, you can't lead others if you can't lead yourself. You need to be self-aware of the type of person you are, <clears throat> excuse me, the character you have, the way you communicate, the way that, you know, you collaborate with others, be able to discover your own mistakes and more importantly, check them, be able to take um, critiques and criticisms from others as the leader and then do something with it. Not just say, well, I'm in charge, so you're going to do it the way I say do it because I'm in charge. So Self-Aware Leader is an excellent, excellent book on identifying who you are as a person, the type of leader that you are, and then put both of those into kind of an evolution machine and then turn into the type of leader that you aspire to be. Next book is one of my favorites. I've actually read this twice, believe it or not. Uh, it's by Mark Manson. And it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving. Uh, you can see what it says on the screen. That's a good one. Um, this book is teaching you so, so much. You know, we get down on life. Things happen that are beyond our control. We get stressed. Uh, we get angry. We get frustrated. Why? Because we're human. But you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. You have to learn how to handle adversity, how to handle pitfalls, how to handle things that just don't go your way and you never get an answer for it. You know, you have to get out of that rut and even better, don't allow yourself to get in that rut. But like I said, it happens because we're human. Uh, so this, this book pretty much tells you in life, you're only given a limited amount of blanks and you need to learn how to give less blanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get back to the happy and the productive you. Um, next one that I have, it's, it's a book that I got from an unexpected uh, mentor at a job training. Somebody that I was taking a course and I was like, this got to be one of the most boring instructors ever. And then we had a conversation uh, after the training and it was a completely different person. And I was like, what, what the world is going on? He's like, well, I have to train based on how, you know, the, the agency wants me to train, but that's not how I would do it. And he was talking about this book that changed his whole life and, and you know, being a, a trainer and all kind of stuff. And it's called QBQ, the question behind the question. And this book teaches you how to look at every situation in your daily life as well as in your work life and ask the questions behind the question. So instead of saying who's going to solve the problem, say, how can I become a part of the solution? You know, um, who dropped the ball? Well, no, it's not who dropped the ball. It's what can I do to understand the situation? How can I help? You know, so it's kind of 
interjecting yourself in a part of the solution instead of sitting back with the crowd and just asking questions about the problem. And when you do that, you your instinct and your leadership skills really get a chance to shine because you become more solution-based and not problem-based or problem-focused rather. Mm -hmm. um, my next one, once again, John C. Maxwell, that's my dude. Um, everyone communicates, but few connect. Excellent. That's a, that's excellent, a really good one. Excellent book. Um, so often, whether you are a leader, a supervisor, manager, administrator, whatever, it could even be even within your own relationship. You talk to everybody and we always think, well, why aren't they getting it? Well, why don't they understand what I'm saying? Well, they just don't want to get it. They don't want to see my point of view. But you have to understand everybody has a communication style, just like everybody has a listening style. And you can you can talk all day long. But if you aren't connecting, it's just words in the middle of the air between two people. So it's really teaching you how to focus and communicate with intent so that you connect and that you're just communicating just for the purpose of getting whatever off your chest or, or getting whatever across to your staff, your team, whatever the case may be. Um, and it's it focuses on five principles, uh, finding common ground, keeping your communication simple, capturing people's interests, inspiring people and staying authentic in all of your relationships. Excellent, excellent book. I would say start with this book first. That's a really good one. Um, and last but not least, um, this book, I can say I found this book at a really, really bad time in my life. And it was just what I needed. Um, it's an outstanding book. I um, mean, it's called Instinct by T.D. Jakes. Um, and it's talking about the power to unleash your inborn drive. You know, we've all gotten to a point in life where you're like, blah, you just feel stagnant. You know, you don't like the job you're in. You may not like the people you're hanging out with. You might not like the relationship that you're in. You don't like the car that you have. You just don't like anything that's going on in your life. And you feel like, why me? You know, we, we always as, as humans ask the question, why? But we don't realize a lot of times it's because we're not connecting to that which we were created to do you're not with the type of person that you were created to be with. You're not in the career that you were destined to have. And when you learn how to tap into your unique gifts, your unique talents, your unique skill sets, then the pieces of the puzzle start to fall in place. And you'll realize, oh my goodness, like life is great. Like I'm in the career that I wanted. I have the type of significant other that I always dreamed of. I'm getting along better with friends. I'm getting along better with family. I've cut off these type of people. I don't talk to that type of person. I don't party at this type of place anymore. And your life is just so much more fulfilling because you've tapped into who it is that you were designed to be. You always hear me say you were not designed to be good. You were designed to be great. I say it at the end of every show and I believe that. And that was a big part of this book. So anybody that's out there is feeling lost don't know the next step to take, don't know um, which way is up <laughs> on a daily basis, man. This is a really, really good book to give you a starting point to reassessing what it is you want out of life, what it is you were created to do. Um, I mean, hell, I even use it in my consulting. Like I, I ask my clients, if money was no object, 
what would you do for the, every day for the rest of your life? And usually what they tell me, it has nothing to do with why we have the consultation. And I'm like, so why are we not working on that thing? So, yeah, that's yeah. my uh, five. And hope you all can rock out with those 10. Please let us know, um, you know, if you bought them, how you like them throughout the year. We'd love to hear about it. Hope that helps yeah. somebody out. And you know, Shannon, I'm going to give them a little line yap, as we say in Louisiana. You talked about <laughs> Mark Manson. Um, he has the subtle art, but he also has another book, and I'm not gonna cuss on here, but everybody everything is F is what it's mm-hmm. called. Um, and basically in that the subtle art is kind of teaching you like there's some things you don't need to take care, like you don't need to care about. And this other one, he's basically talking about how it's not that, and I'm gonna just sum it up for y'all, it's not that we don't know, like we don't know that punches are coming. Right. Like it's not that it's is that basically when we get like punched in the face, that's right. She know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So it's not that uh, it's not that like the punches aren't coming, but it's like when the punches do happen, we're like, oh, my God, what now? So we have to acknowledge like the punches, the punches are going to hurt us and we're going to get knocked down. But we we should have something in place already to to overcome that already. Yep, yep. All right. Like I said, again, let us know what you think of the, the book list as you get them, as you read them. Uh, send a message, you know, in the SIWR community, as you always do. I mean, I'll make sure I share them with Corey so, you know, we'll, we can find out how you like the list. All right. This, ne- <laughs> this next one says is from Olivia. She said, my husband says I give horrible gifts and now only ask for gift cards. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna read that again. She said, "My husband says I give horrible gifts, and now only ask for gift cards." Do you have any advice for the ladies on gift giving for men? Yeah, um, it don't change. Damn. It's uh, listen to him. You know um, what? What are the things that he's into? What are the things that he wants? See, I'm not gonna lie, Shannon. We get kind of the, we get kind of the bad end of the deal when it comes to gifts, like Father's Day, birthdays. Hey, like, I, I'm lucky on that one. My my wife gives excellent gifts, so I've been blessed. Now, I have really I have been there before. Yeah, <laughs> but but think about it. Everything that's marketed is, um, get him some cologne. Well, how many colognes am I gonna get? Get him some. Mm-hmm. Get him some draws. Look, man, I like my draws. <laughs> Please don't spend your money buying me no drawers. Um, you know, it's other stuff. Get him a toiletry bag. Well, you got me a toiletry bag last year. You know, get him uh-huh. some get him some grilling stuff right there. Well, how many utensils am I gonna have? Mm-hmm. You know, listen, listen to what he wants, right? And 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 I shout out my sister-in-law one time. My brother's very much in the cars. He has one of those Q Q something um but it's like wrapped in orange i posted it one time because i was like this is like when you start to to go after what you want you can get things like that because he's been he's been building and building to get to that spot and like he's sponsored now by like cleaning companies and all that stuff mm. for like car stuff and oh, so uh, so my sister-in-law says hey he likes cars he likes to go fast sometimes she don't like him going fast on the road so guess what she did 
we're going to get you a, I, I think it was a Lamborghini experience or something like that, that he can go drive the Lamborghini on the track, go as fast as he, and that's going to allow him to get to without dying. And then they mm. went and enjoyed themselves, right? Like that's thinking outside the box to say, hey, this is what he likes. What can I find an experience to add in addition to what he likes? You know, if it's, I mean, I know we go out to eat probably often. Some of you, I don't know how often you go out to eat or whatever, but maybe switch it up from, hey, and this is something that's happened to me before. I like cooking. So, but instead of just going to a restaurant, we went to like cooking with a twist to where we were drinking wine and like learning how to cook, even though I'm, I know how to cook lamb shank, learning how to cook that in, you know, different ways and whatnot. But it was a different experience that I enjoyed versus like, oh, hey, here's a real story. One time it was like, hey, I noticed you play Xbox. Here's an Xbox controller. <clears throat> I have four of them already. I'm sorry. Um, not sure what I'm supposed to do with this, you know. Uh, that went back to Best Buy, oh. so I can get a gift card. <laughs> I feel your pain. But listen to listen to what they want. Like listen, like we're very simple creatures. We pretty yeah. much say what we want. Like, by the way, if anybody wants, if anybody wants to buy Corey a gift for Christmas, I have been looking at a new weed eater by Ego, Ego Power. <laughs> it's the. I'm just saying, if anybody wants to throw that out there. Oh boy. That's too funny. Uh, yeah, Olivia is 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 everything Corey said. Um, just ask him. Like it, I can't even think of a whole lot else to put on this one. I'm still blown away at the fact that you say he only asks you for gift cards now. Like you you have given a man some horrible gifts Jesus. for him to get to the point where he's like, I only want gift cards now. So, like, literally, go back to the basics. And the basics, I mean, what do we ask little kids for Christmas? Write out a list of everything you want. He will write down the things he wants, and you pick some things off of that list. Like, it's, it's nothing hard about it. I, I, as well, have fallen victim to the, I want everything to be a surprise. But when you're with someone who receive, giving and receiving gifts is one of their love language, you have to be very intentional about that because gifts mean different things for different people. Um, so like my wife and I, we give each other a whole Christmas list. These are some of the things I've been looking at. These are some of the things I, I like. Saw this on a commercial, whatever. And we go with that. So that way, you know, you're not buying anything that is going to be a downer or they're going to end up wrapping it back up and giving it to somebody at the work Christmas party and all of this type craziness. Like, that is really bad that he's only asking for gift cards. So yeah, I need you to really sit down, ask him to write out a list. And you, you might want to get it, get an extra gift off of that list just because it's gotten to this point. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's bad. I'm sorry, Olivia, but that's that's bad. Oh yeah. man. And if you need if you need help figuring out where he likes gifts from, then ask him, where do you like your gift cards from? Is there a particular type of gift card that you want? Do you want yeah. a Visa one? You want a Home Depot one? You want one to GameStop? You want one to the grocery store? What do you want to get? Where do you want your gift card from? And you can start to figure out where he likes his gift from. Yeah, but it's like like we were saying, stay away from the the tweezers, the boxes, socks, well, a tie, uh, um, a screwdriver set. Like, look, let me put this out here, ladies, guys. I promise you. 
we'll go to Home Depot and Lowe's. We're gonna get the tools that we like. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to buy that as Christmas or Father's Day or birthday gift. Right. We're going because we take pride in our tools and they have to be a specific type by a specific brand and right. all of that. Let us take care of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like you don't want us going buying hair products for y'all. Don't go right. buy tools for, for the for the fellas. <laughs> you got a DeWalt man or you got a uh you know you got a um what's the Milwaukee person and you done you done spent your hard earned money on this and he over here like that don't even go. Exactly. You know, you, you got him DeWalt and he a craftsman person. Right. Like, it, it get kind of serious out here with these tools. Same thing with grills. Facts. Let that man handle his grill by himself. Right. Don't, don't buy him no grill sets. Now, you want to get an apron or whatever, cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But don't leave, leave the grill alone. Leave the tools alone. Leave the car alone. They're going to take care of that. All right. Uh, Courtney says, <laughs> what do you like most about coaching and consulting? And what do you like the least? Oh, so um, I mean, it's the number one thing for this is I like seeing the light turned on like you work with someone and you see their vision. And it's like a skill that not a lot of people have, because a lot of people, they just refuse to see other people's visions. So you see their vision and you give them steps and you walk them through. And especially for me, a lot of the training and coaching I give starts in here. Because like if you the shirt, if be attentive, if you're not, if you're not attentive to yourself, you can't be attentive to other people. So you start to see that mold and form into this like better being and person. And they come back to you with these testimonies. Man, I did the thing that you said here, man, it really worked. Uh, man, I just changed the life over here because that's more impact. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the number one thing that I enjoy about coaching um, is seeing that light turn on, like seeing seeing this person become that that final version and i i have an exercise where i start with people and i'm like okay so you're looking in the mirror and it's blank and i'll just kind of give y'all some game here you're looking in the mirror and it's blank but on the other side is the mirror is the person who is the final version of you in heaven if that's what you believe in what do they look like what traits do they have what type of person are they what type of life did they live what did they want to say about that person in their eulogy? What type of, and it's kind of grim because then people, but it, it hits home because people start to think and they'd be like, damn, what is it? And some people be like, I got to get back to you on that. Some people could start mm-hmm. rattling it off because they're self-aware at the time, but it, it, it hits home for them to be like, okay, so now how far are you from that? And I have some people who say, well, financially is the only thing that I'm far from. As a person, I'm this. I'm very close to this. I'm this right now. Like, people will say this about me right now. People will say, you know, people won't say that about me right now. And sometimes, you know, people leave in tears because it's like a realization in themselves. Like, damn, I let me down. Mm-hmm. The, so I love that piece. The thing I hate the most is the people who like to talk too damn much. <laughs> and every session, Shannon, I know you run into these people. And they come to you and they be like, Shannon, I just, I just, y'all have a one-on-one or y'all have a session with each other. And it's like, hey, uh, man, I just got to really run this past you. I'm trying to get this done and blah, 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 blah. And I'm watching the timer up there and it's 30 minutes later. And they be like, all right, well, I'm going to holler at you next week. And we're like, 
what just happened? And then that person comes back and they be like, man, I've been doing what you're saying to do, but it's not working. I ain't say nothing yet. <laughs> but what are you doing? I haven't had a chance to talk in five sessions. So what are we doing? Oh, um, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. It's just, it's just you, you know that these are tried and true things that work. And then the person comes back and they're like, nah, that hasn't been working for me. And then you ask them, well, how long has it been since you implemented it? Well, it's been about four days, four days. <laughs> it's going to take you 30 minimum to get the result that you need with this. You took it four. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that's the headache part of it for me is when you when you give the knowledge and you're coaching and you're giving the info and you're cultivating. And it's just like they just keep knocking it, knocking their head on the wall. And I've really learned, to be honest with you, it doesn't bother me too much anymore because I'm like, yep, you're going to come back. It's going to hurt one day Um, Mm. and or I'll just choose not to work with you no more. Facts. Um, For me. You know, what I like most about coaching consulting is it's a lot of uh, what Corey was saying, man, like to see someone come to you and they just have almost like a, a whole box of puzzle pieces. They got ideas, they got dreams, they got goals, they got everything. And you give them the skills that they need to start putting these pieces together piece by piece, piece by piece. Sometimes you start from the outside, work your way in. Sometimes you realize they need more internal work. So you start from the inside and work your way out just depends on the situation and the person but to take a person from a thousand pieces all over the table and help them build it put the entire puzzle together and then watch them be successful like that is the most rewarding thing about coaching and consulting um i'm a problem solver i'm also somewhat of like a business architect like i I love putting things together i love strategizing i love analytics all of that type stuff um so yeah using my gifts to help other people either discover or discover and expand and utilize their gifts. Uh, that's what I love most about coaching and consulting. And what do you like least? Simple. My time being wasted. Facts. Um, I, I don't even have no tail talk for you. Um, I hate my time being wasted. If you are the type of person that is going to do what you want to do, don't come to me. Um, because when you go to a coach, you go to a consultant, that person is spending time listening to you, analyzing your business, analyzing, um, you know, what's going wrong with your business, what's going right. And then they are in turn, again, you do spending their time to put a blueprint together for you, only for you to still go and do what it is you want to do and then come back and say it doesn't work. You did nothing. I asked you, of course, it didn't work. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. I like least about it. Oh man, what a show! What a show! Because this was our last uh questions from the audience for the the season, we just went an hour straight, no commercial breaks at all, so we can make sure we got all of the questions on here. Um, we still got one more, but I think I'm gonna actually talk with Corey about that at one. And Tiffany, we're gonna send you a message for yours. Uh, Because that's that's kind of heavy. That's super, super heavy. All right. Um, We have come to the part of the show where I leave you with this week's mind shift moment. And this week's mind shift moment uh, comes from Mr. Tyler Perry. Uh, So I want to play this right quick. And you all um, 
just vibe. And if I can leave you with anything, I want to leave you with this. Hear me clearly when I say this. There are people who come in your life sometimes to be there for a season. They weren't meant to be there always. Sometimes we find ourselves hooked up with people that we think are there for a lifetime, but they were only supposed to be there for a season. There are people who come in your life like boosters for a rocket. If you ever watch a rocket go into space, the boosters fall off when it reaches a certain altitude. Some people are not equipped to handle the altitudes that you're going to. So don't be afraid when they fall off. They're not bad people. They just couldn't go where you're going. Yeah, um, and I, I chose that because I know holiday times are super, super joyous for some people. But then there's a whole demographic of people that they hate the holidays, um, whether it's been because they've lost people, um, they're dealing with bad breakups and heartbreak. Uh, maybe they aren't as close with their family as they used to be. They've lost some friends along the way. Um, and I, I saw that clip and it just made me think, this can help someone. Um, you have to realize everybody in your life is not meant to stay there. It's it's a sad fact, but it's a fact of life. Some people are there to help you get through a particular season. Some people are there and they will stay in your life, but it'll come in ebbs and flows. And then you'll find some people that are in your circle and, and your rider dies and you can count on them any day, any time, doesn't matter how they could be three in the morning, that phone ring, they're going to pick up. Um, but sometimes I feel like people get way too attached to those around them and their whole world comes crashing down when suddenly that person moves on or disappears or fall or just falls back. And you have to realize everybody is walking a path for you to complete the journey in which you were created and destined for and put on this earth for. And as he said in that clip, it's not meant for everybody to go with you. Some people can only help you in the beginning phases. It's just like building a business. You have a coach that is dynamic and helping you launch a business, but that's all they know about is launching businesses. You have another one that's great with startups. They can help you in years one through five, but they don't know anything about acquisition. When you get somebody that's ready to write you a billion dollars to take over your business. So then you got to go find somebody else. You know, same thing when you play sports. Elementary school coaches can't go and teach NBA players necessarily. You know, you have to move on just like you do with school. Go from grade school to middle school, to high school, college, whatever. And it's the same thing progressing in life with different relationships that you're in, whether they're friendships, relationships, as some of y'all call them situationships, whatever. Everybody's not meant to go with you in each phase of life. They were there, appreciate the time that you had, whatever they meant to you at that point in life, but keep moving. Don't allow that to hinder your development, hinder your progress. No matter what, whether you go with 10 people or you go by your damn self, you never stop moving forward. And that is this week's Mind Shift moment. Uh, once again, got to thank my partner in crime, Mr. Corey Segu. Uh, before we get out of here, let them know where they can find you out there on the net. Yeah, so you can find me on all social media platforms um, at Corey Sigu. Um, follow me on YouTube. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Uh, just type in Corey Sigu. 
um get the subscribers up you know we're trying to build that channel uh and you can just go straight straight to uh coreycq.com um and then you can reach me there all right all right and once again i'm your host shannon smith you can find me on instagram at the underscore ceo underscore within um for all of your business consulting needs you can contact my company the ceo within you at www.theceowithinyou.com where we provide innovative solutions to emerging businesses focusing on leadership branding marketing and operational efficiency and as always you can catch me here on thursdays at the successes within reach podcast where we remind you you were not designed to be good but you were designed to be great stay safe out there we'll see you next week